You are listening to A Night Dream. A Night Dream podcast. Well, one day I would like to finish the two books I started. You are listening to A Night Dream. A Night Dream podcast. Holiday in your 20s. You and a friend fly into a city where you're meeting two other friends for a holiday. It's hot and you spend the first night drinking beers at the side of a canal, talking excitedly about where you'll go and what you'll be doing on holiday. You're staying in a small but beautiful flat in the centre of town and tomorrow you're driving north to the family home of one of your friends. You can't sleep because it's very hot so you open the kitchen windows and sleep on the tiles, which are cool. Eager to arrive, you set off without eating or drinking. You think it's early, but really it's about ten, and everyone is hot and hungover. After leaving the city, you stop to buy petrol, and your host buys four small coffees, which she tells you are kept the same price by a law that you don't have in your own country. After seeing where he grew up, you feel like you understand him more. It's very beautiful where he grew up. He takes you all to a bar where you can see he is well-liked, and although you don't speak the language, it's rewarding to meet their family and see something you love in someone so clearly in another person. You drive across the border to see another country, very much like the one you were just in. Shops advertise their wares behind bulletproof glass, and the crime rates are very low. Everyone in the town is wearing expensive clothes and you walk up a huge flight of stairs to get a better view of another beautiful lake. It's raining but not heavily and you find it refreshing after several days of being really hot. The next day your friend drives you all south. He's very good at driving, which you will realise in the future to be true of all people who grow up in the mountains. The car only has two CDs which very quickly drives you crazy. It doesn't help that you're constantly hungover, and after a day of driving, you stop at a town on a very large hill, which you walk down to a beach. You remember the swim by the shape of the cove and the shrine that you drive past as you leave. It is dark by the time you reach your destination, and the air is thick with the sounds of insects. You are staying at the family home of one of the other friends, You see so much of them in their home that it almost feels intrusive, and the next day you drive to the beach. The waves are chest high, and two of you run into them again and again. It's very fun, and your memory of the beach is that it stretches on forever, either side of where you were. Your host doesn't join you in the water because he hates the beach, which his mum later confirms. You are incredulous and you get ice cream from a small shop down a muddy path that leads away from the beach. Later, you toast their hatred of the beach and eat slices of pizza in three bites. The next day, you drive to a nearby town and meet some more friends. You drink beer with them in a square and it's cheap and delicious. The next morning, you learn that in the night, somebody broke into your friend's family home and stole their laptop. They are very upset, but they take you sightseeing in a nearby town with walls. He shows you around, although he's clearly been there before. 
and the break-in has ruined his day. It turns out he had 50,000 words of a novel typed up and edited on the laptop. In the next year, he retypes the document from memory, which is something that you would never be able to do. On the last night, you head into a nearby town that was originally named after a forest, but was later changed into a forest owned by a famous poet who came from the town. You have more ice cream and get the word joyful tattooed on the inside of your lower lip. It swells up a bit on the flight home, but you don't mind. You're sad to leave, knowing how things like this can only happen once. Now you're sat at home watching courgette flowers. You don't like to see them wilt, but they're too beautiful to eat. Cats and dogs. You sit with two friends that you've known for a long time. You used to see them a lot, but now you see them less and less. Breakfast is a special occasion, so you have fruit and croissants. They arrived last night, and you talk and talk throughout the morning. It's a long breakfast, and at the end of the meal, both of them try to tidy up, but they don't know where to put things. After breakfast, you stay sat down talking and listening to the birds. It's the hottest day of the year, and by delaying the start of the day, it feels as if you're working to make the day longer. Although you aren't the first to sit at the table and talk, you're the most present, and will be until you return later. Before you stand up to leave, one of your friends says, The fur of cats and dogs is different, you know. You didn't know, and as you stand up, you think that they will die, and you will die. Cats and dogs. Sad piñata. It's your birthday, and you're 25. Some of your friends have organised an impromptu party for you, and you're very excited. One of them picks you up in a car to meet the other friends at their house. The plan is to have a few drinks before you go to the pub. And they don't say much, but you can tell that something's going on, because they're smiling. Your other friends are already at their house, and they meet you in the hallway. They're also smiling. Straight away they give you a beer and say happy birthday. You have three spliffs in the garden and they decide it's time for your surprise. The friend that gave you the lift rushes upstairs and comes back down with a soft teddy bear and a bat. You notice some string tied around its waist. As the other friend grabs the bear, they hang it from the washing line. And as it spins, you notice that the back of the bear has been crudely cut open and taped up, which explains all the stuffing you saw in the bin earlier. You hit the bear and it bounces away from you. The slack washing line makes for a poor anchor. Eventually the bear falls from the washing line and you swing again at the unburst bear, crushing it into the ground. All of you agree that unless you completely destroy the bear, it probably won't burst, so you lift it up and rip off the tape. There's nothing inside and the bags of individually wrapped sweets are sat on the kitchen counter. To stop would mean acknowledging the bear, so bloodthirstily, you bring the bat down onto the sweets, crushing them and smashing them, and everyone thinks that it's hilarious. You were all late for the pub, so you slip a knock-off bounty into your pocket for the train. Beaver Mansion You've been driving for two hours. Your friend called you earlier with the news that an avalanche destroyed their home while they were out shopping. They need your help digging their possessions out of the snow before it freezes. 
Of course, you dropped everything to help your friends in their time of need. After driving for four hours, you stop to buy fuel and get a coffee from the gas station. While walking back to your car, you hear a stream gurgling behind the station. You decide to take a look, at least for enough time to finish your coffee. Besides, your friend has loads of other friends who've probably rushed to help and they're probably already there. Although the floor's covered in snow, it isn't cold enough for the river to completely freeze and you hear it underneath the ice. Your coffee's still too hot to drink, so you take a moment to stretch your legs, following the course of the river. After about five minutes of walking, you see the remains of a beaver dam that's frozen over. Wonderful creatures. You've always loved the way they build houses. You see something shiny among the branches, and on closer inspection notice a watch caught on something just below the ice. It looks expensive and large, like a Rolex. Although you don't really need it, you think only a fool would pass up on treasure like this, if only the beavers knew that their dam was capable of such a thing. You twist your cup into the snow and tread carefully up onto the riverbank. Although you don't really need the watch, you really want it. You've never had a big watch before, just normal ones, and you think about your friend and you feel guilty. He'll love the story, though. It'll definitely help cheer him up. You could give him the watch. Maybe if he's in a bad mood, you just won't tell him. As you plunge your hand into the water, you realise how cold it is. Really cold. Stretching as hard as you can, you still can't reach the watch. You grunt and whirb, you just can't get it. Eventually, you put the wet hand in your pocket and you look around for something to break the ice with. Everything is either hidden by snow or not quite right. You settle on a long stick that you pull from the dam, and as you poke at the watch you get nearer the edge of the ice. You keep prodding and twisting, all thoughts are on the stick and the watch. You hoop the strap, but in doing so you submerge your shoulder with your face pushed against the ice. It breaks under your weight and the top half of you slides into the river. You've never been this cold before, and the shock is total. Without understanding how, you scramble back onto the bank and lie on the snow, getting your breath back. It feels warm compared to the water. Holding the watch, you run back to the garage, who'd completely forgotten the person they'd sold coffee to ten minutes ago, but are now very aware of. You don't want to tell them what happened, but since you're holding the watch, you tell them that you dropped it by the river bank, then slipped, and that now you're really cold, freezing. In shock, you also tell them that you left your coffee further upstream by the beaver dam and they ignore you as they help you to take off the sodden clothes. There isn't a lot of space in the station, so you make a bit of a mess taking your clothes off. Your hands are numb and the cashier, who was very helpful when they thought it was an emergency, is less interested now that the emergency's passed. They give you a beanie from one of those spinning mirrored stands and get you a hot drink to hold. You tell them that you have a spare change of clothes in your car and you reach for the keys. They are not in your jacket pocket and it takes only a moment for you to realise they are now in the river, under the ice. You ask if you can use the phone and you call your friend to tell him that your car's broken down and that you won't be there until the next morning.